Another edition of Swings and Mishes is on the way. We'll have updates on JT Real Muto, the kind of food you can expect at Marlins Park, and uh, what it, the experience is like at spring training at Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium. I would encourage you guys to stay tuned to that. Before we do that, the Super Bowl is coming. The AFC and NFC Championship Games are this weekend. And for those of you who love proposition bets, we all do it every single year. The spot to do it this year is over at BetDSI.com. They have all of the props for the AFC and NFC Championship games up now. They will have the Super Bowl up in completion next week. They're expected to be almost a 1,000 different Super Bowl props, and BetDSI.com is your spot. In fact, if you enter promo code SWINGS101, over at BetDSI.com, they're going to match your first deposit up to $2,500. And guys, their payouts are fast. They are reliable. Their customer service is fantastic. And if you're thinking about betting on the props, the AFC title, the NFC title, or the Super Bowl, or better yet, if you're getting ready to build your bankroll for college basketball in the NCAA tournament, go to BetDSI.com right now. Use promo code SWINGS101. That's S-W-I-N-G-S-101. And you can start betting today. That's betdsi.com. Get your money in there and start betting right now. Hello, Marlins fans, and welcome back to another episode of Swings and Mishes. I am your producer, Jeremy Taché, joined, as always, by the one and only Craig Mish. Craig, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing well, Jeremy. It's good to be with you. I'm looking forward to... Getting baseball going here. It looks like we got about a month to go until spring training starts. It's I've been covering spring training or attending spring training um, probably for 30 years, maybe even more. So this is uh, one of my favorite times of the year, and I can't wait for it. But got to wait another month. In a weird way, it's kind of snuck up on us, even though this offseason has just felt like it's taken forever. And in part, that's because of the JT Realmuto trade still being out there as to whether or not he'll be traded from the Marlins anytime soon. What's your latest on JT Realmuto, Craig? Yeah, and, and I want to get into other topics on the show because, I, and I know everyone listens at the beginning because they want to hear that, so certainly we'll review that. But there are other things going on, too, that I do want to mention. Uh, I don't think that in terms of the teams, anything has changed. I've maintained from the very beginning in terms of, of my fun percentage meter who I thought would end up with him. I still think that the Braves, uh, I don't know if they're the leader, but I think that they, to me, are the great fit. They're most likely. They have had contact with the Marlins. There have been names that I've heard, and these are all things that I have repeated before. So I do think that there's a good chance that that would be the team if the Marlins made a trade he would end up with. I would not discount Tampa Bay. I still think that there are good options there. As I've mentioned online, the Rays are always trying to be creative in every way that they run that organization, and they would love to have this player as well. And then I certainly still think that the Reds, well, I've heard some names there. And, um, you know, certainly I think that um, uh, Houston would be a possibility if they would decide to uh, get serious about it. But I have no indication that they have. What's happened since the last podcast? The Dodgers have acquired Russell Martin. Uh, I never thought the Dodgers were a serious player for Real Muto. If you followed me now for going on for this entire offseason, I've never had them in the percentage meter because I don't think that they've ever been serious. That's, that It could change. Dodgers could make one phone call, Jeremy, and that could change immediately, and they could acquire him. That team does make sense for him. I just simply haven't seen any indication to believe that that would happen, which is representative of the percentages. 
And again, dropped San Diego out of there about a month ago. And then you saw the reporter the other day come out and say that they haven't even talked to the Marlins for a month. Mm. So mm. I think I'm spot on with what I have. And I think at this point, what we're looking for is the potential of, of a directive from the Marlins that I would only be speculating on at this point. This is not factual, but I would only be speculating where it was one year ago on January 23rd that I reported as the only one that reported mm. that the Brewers were the serious contender for Christian Yelich. And, and, and when it comes to the 23rd, I'll retweet that and, and kind of give my analysis there. I think we're headed right down that road again, where the Marlins basically are waiting till the very end to get their final offer. Potentially some team gets very interested or overpays or gets desperate. It's the smart thing to do if I was them. I have no issue with the way that this has been handled from the very beginning. If he is not traded, at that point, it will be a different story for me. But to this point, why not hold an auction, wait till the very end, see who jumps in at the last minute, if there is a team to jump in the last minute, and then make the trade. My guess is the next two weeks we will have a deal, and they inevitably will trade him uh, before February, before spring training uh, before fan fest before all this stuff happens where it could get ugly i i still do believe that they will trade him it just seems like the timeline is headed toward the same thing as we saw last year well and it's funny that you mention yelich and how it's handled i think everybody just expected jt to be traded immediately but when you look back at the trades that were made last last offseason yelich arguably was the best trade in terms of compensation as to what the marlins got back you, that's the argument that could be made when you, if Lewis Brinson turns things around, and we talk about that at nauseum, but it would be the right negotiation tactic to wait until the last moment and have all of your offers out there and get what's best back for what is your best asset. Um, yeah, and I think if the Dodgers, you, you, it can't hurt to, to ask. I, I don't right. think the Dodgers had any chance of trading Cody Bellinger, but but what, what's the if you know that this is your directive that you're going to do things the same as you did last year and just wait this out until the very end why not ask for the best right. and then when you're told no maybe some other team does decide to give you the best so this is exactly the way that it, it should have played out I'm not surprised at all people are flipping out about returns and they're asking for too much and all this other stuff well look why not you have nothing to lose Here's what you have to lose. If you end up going into the season with this player, you've made a mistake. But to this point, I do not believe that they have made one. And I think that it's, it's pretty much been handled more or less the way that I thought. Uh, you know, that could change, and, and that will be another story for sure. Right. But at this point, I would expect this to go down to the end of the month. And then uh, the Marlins at this point, Jeremy, would have to re-engage those teams. I don't know how serious these teams are going to be after they've spoken to the Marlins and haven't even gotten proposals. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Mike Hill is going to have to call these teams and, and give a proposal of some kind that's different from the previous ones, which we know are not going to get done. And then at that point, you start the negotiation process. Uh, I still believe that there are players that the Braves have identified that the Marlins like, that they know that they like, that they are willing to give up. I just don't think to this point uh, Mike Hill has gone to the, the, uh, the vice president, general manager, Alex Anthopoulos, and said, here's who we want. These are the players. Yes or no? The answer is no. Okay, well, let's do this. Let's do that. Let's add players. Let's, uh, that has not happened. When that happens, I think a trade will get done. Right. But the Marlins are waiting, and, and they're waiting to see if, let's say, Philadelphia ends up with Bryce Harper. Now they're all in. Maybe Philadelphia says, you know what? If we're all in, we may as well be 
super duper all in. Oh my god! And trade you uh, our best prospect mm-hmm. and this player and that and it, and that very well could happen. It could be the last minute. Again, days before Yelich was traded, there were no reports, any teams, any information, and then the Brewers, as I reported, came out of nowhere. It was between the Brewers and the Blue Jays, and the Brewers threw the best deal out there, and the Marlins took it. And as we say, that the rest is history. Right. And one of the players in that deal was Monte Harrison Uh, and Monte, along with some other Marlins prospects, including Victor, Victor Mesa, were available to be spoken to uh, this past week at the Marlins uh, sort of instructional hitting camp, I guess is what we can call it, that was open to the media. You were there, Craig, and I'm wondering what your takeaways were from that weekend. First of all, I would never pass up an opportunity to go to Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium in Jupiter and see some baseball, especially this time of the year. Uh, gorgeous day, Jeremy. It was just mm. great. To, it, I, I Again, I'm a big spring training fan. Some people you know, crap all over it. Uh, it is a fantastic experience, and, and I'll get into that in a minute. Uh, there's no doubt that the Marlins view Monte Harrison as their best prospect in their organization. Uh, you, they will come out and say, Monte Harrison is the best. He's number one. They will never say that. But right. he is. But he is. And, and they have the brightest future scheduled for him of any other player in the organization. It's very clear at this point. He's the most athletic. He's got the most upside. He's willing to be taught. He has made changes that they have asked him to make. When baseball, uh, when MLB Pipeline comes out with their new top 100, and I know Baseball America has and, and some of the other publications have, and they've included Harrison in some and not in others, uh, that will be the biggest mistake that MLB Pipeline makes is not including Harrison potentially in their top 100 if they don't, because at least from my view and the view of, I believe, uh, Gary Denbo, uh, who has put together a fantastic farm system for the New York Yankees, I tend to trust the things that he's done. And I, I believe his view is that Harrison is up there, if not number one, number two in the organization. Uh, I don't know what's going to end up being, but I do think at least from the Marlins belief is that Harrison has a chance to be a star. Mm. And, and I'm very much looking forward to see him play in uh, spring training. And also in the big leagues, I think he'll be a super two call up in June. So we'll get our first uh, view of him this year. Uh, that was the player that I thought uh, was, was, was kind of in the focus for me. We had never had a chance to see Victor Victor Mesa. The Marlins hadn't had a chance to see him in a Marlins uniform, right. taking batting practice like he did, and also Victor Mesa Jr. Uh, I don't want to say that they uh, tempered expectations on those players. I don't think that that is fair, but I, also, but I do think the, uh, the expectation maybe of seeing them in a big league, seeing uh, Victor, Victor in a big league uniform this year was tempered a little bit. I felt like mm. that. I don't think that he'll play in the big leagues in 2019 at all. If he is, it'll be a cup of coffee September call-up. I think they feel like he, he needs at least one year of minor league uh, time. We'll get to see him in spring training, and that'll be nice, and it'll be you know, to see him play. But I think that this is a player that starts off maybe in, um, in Jupiter, for a week or two, then on to Jacksonville and plays the season there. And then I think 2020 will be his major league debut. But, but to me, Jeremy, the moral of the story there is that for, for parents who are listening to this, and, and again, I know that we have a younger demographic who listen to podcasts, but for parents who listen to this, take it from someone who is a parent and someone who had uh, parents that took them, me, to spring training. Hmm. For those of you who live in Broward County, a little tougher in Dade, but for those of you who live in Broward County, uh, it is a fantastic experience to be able 
to have your kids and even as young adults get to know who these players are on the Marlins by attending practices right. for free at Roger Dean Stadium, Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium in Jupiter. The crowds for the games are half of what they are for the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, unfortunately, a couple of years ago, and if the Marlins are listening, I'm going to be clear on this. A couple of years ago, they changed some of the access on the backfields uh, due to the fact that Barry Bonds was there and Ichiro was there. They had a little bit more of a secure feel to it. I'm not saying that they shouldn't have security, but fans should be able to freely go all over those backfields, including the one that's closest to the clubhouse. Uh, and, and they do for the most part, but I'd like to even see that grow. It's a way to engage the fans who go there. There are a lot of fans in, in Broward and Palm Beach who attend these practices. And there, there's not going to be a lot of fanfare like they have been in the past. And the kids who the Marlins have are very nice. Mm. And I think that they will engage fans. And that is a great way to get young fans involved. They don't care who's on the, back of the, the name on the back of the jersey. They care about seeing a Major League Baseball player. And I know that for my son... And me as a child to be able to just run all over with my baseballs and baseball cards and now these days of, of selfies and taking pictures, yeah. I, I cannot encourage the spring training experience more. It's a different uh, situation, Jeremy, on the Cardinal side. There's a lot of people there, thousands of people watching practice. Uh, you have to walk all along a path to get to the backfields and, uh, and then very limited engagement with the players. It's very cut off. Uh, but again, it's St. Louis. There's a million fans there, and I get that, and I understand it. But for the Marlins, this is a great way to get things started, to get to know these nice young players that they have. And I certainly would encourage it and hope people do that this year. Yeah, and let me, let me double down on what you said there. I had this a similar experience as a kid going to spring training, and my dad brought me up to, you know, uh, at the time, there were also spring training games at Fort Lauderdale Stadium. Yeah, so that was Orioles right nearby. There. The Orioles yep. were there. Mm -hmm. um, and I became somewhat of an Orioles fan because of it. I had no association. So if you're, if you want uh, to bring your kid to become a Marlins fan here at the, the beginning of what is this new and kind of exciting moment of the Marlins franchise, the perfect way to get that started is to go to spring training. And like you said, every single one of these kids that I've met that's involved, I mean, kids that basically my age, half of them, but these kids that are involved in the organization, the new young players, they've all been remarkably kind. Uh, when I've met them, when I've seen them interact with kids around the stadium last year, late in the season in September, it's the perfect opportunity to bring a kid up there and, and change his trajectory or her trajectory in terms of the sport that he or she loves. And I think it's just something that, that's totally worth doing. And then from, from the perspective of, of my demographic that might be listening to this podcast, it's awesome going to spring training games. Like, it is such a relaxed atmosphere. Everything mm -hmm. is cheap in the ballpark. It's a really, really nice ballpark if you haven't been. And you think it's a trek up to Jupiter. It's really not such a bad drive. Uh, yeah, the, uh, the, the, the new ballpark in Palm Beach, it's been there for a couple of years, Fit Team mm -hmm. Ballpark, uh, you know, the uh, Astros side in particular, and, and the national side is pretty open, but the, the uh, Astros side in particular is so fan-friendly mm. and so wide open for just baseball fans that, and, and the Marlins have had that in the past, and, and I'm not sure where it stands for this year, but it is such a great atmosphere to walk from one field to the next. And right. literally as a child, all of the players are stopping and they're right there for you. 
Um, and, and, and what a great time it would be for the Marlins who don't have that fanfare to encourage that and to have that open because you're not getting that during the regular season. It is over. The Mm -hmm. players at that point, once you get to May, June, and July, they've, they've signed a million autographs. They've been the newness of being back on a major league field. that is not there for all of them. For some of them, of course, there's always going to be some very nice players before games who are always going to take care of the fans, but the access simply isn't there. Uh, it is my highest level of encouragement for people uh, to attend spring training if you can't afford it to go to spring training games and take advantage of a time where it is relaxed and open. And uh, that's my soapbox for spring training for today. Yeah, it's that it's that childlike atmosphere that's really awesome uh, around spring training for the players and for the for the fans. Uh, but moving toward the regular season and toward Marlins Park, uh, a couple of of cool announcements. Uh, first, there's a new menu at Marlins Park. Uh, they've brought some new food, and I'll, I'm just going to read off a couple of the uh, local food partners that have been added to the, the Marlins schedule. We've got Miami's Best Pizza, Pincho, mm-hmm. Novecento, Suviche, and two concepts by Jose Andres of the Think Food Group, Butterfly Tacos, and I'm going to uh, butcher this, Tortas, and La Peppa. So, yeah, you, uh, I don't know if you butchered them or not, but close enough. It sounds good enough from from the green. We're not all man. that. We're not all that familiar. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> the the reality of this is very simple. Uh huh. Anything is better than what they've had. Let's yep. start with that. And secondly, a well much needed change to the mm-hmm. pizza at the ballpark. And, and again, maybe I'll lose Papa John's forever as a sponsor. I've never had them. <laughs> now I never will. But Miami's best pizza, which yes. years ago, uh, being in uh, Coral Gables covering the uh, Hurricanes, and when I did my old TV show, Mikasuki Sports Wrap, I was down there quite a bit more often than I am now. But people are going to love this change. And mm-hmm. who doesn't like pizza? Well, maybe people in the past who have gone to Marlins Park and have had to eat the pizza there. Mm-hmm. It's just such a bummer and a disappointment. And this is a this is a huge change. It's probably the biggest change in food that the, the franchise has had since the stadium has been open. Mm-hmm. And the pizza is actually good there, provided they're able to replicate the taste from Miami's Bet's Pizza uh, down there to the ballpark, which I would assume that they have. But it is just a very simple thing when you're bringing your kids to the game. What do you want to eat? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, this is, you know, it's pizza. It's good. And Miami's Best Pizza has been good and, and revered in Southern uh, Dade for many, many years. So, obviously, just nothing except for positive reviews on that. Yeah. And, uh, and prices, obviously, have gone down in a lot of different areas as well. So, at least from the, uh, from the ballpark perspective, everything is definitely trending positive at this point. Yeah, from the totally bougie side of things, on, on my end, ceviche is fantastic. Huge ceviche fan, so I'm very excited about that being in the park. Uh, and one more thing for the for they, the But fans. I don't know if they've fixed the ice cream machine in the press box. That's more of a – That's priority that's number more one. more of an issue for me. Priority right? number not, one. Not that people listening will ever get to see that or, or taste that, but – that is definitely has been my uh, priority. So hopefully if they're listening, they'll, it, they'll if they do fix it, I'm going to write a long form article about it and be very, I, I tried last year. <laughs> I tried. We'll, we'll, we'll see if we could get it. And so the last, uh, last thing before we wrap up, uh, looks like fan fest is coming pretty soon. 
Um, and yeah. just wondering your thoughts there. Yeah, they haven't made anything official yet, but I think it was Fish Stripes. It may have been Fish Stripes. So we'll give, mm-hmm. we'll give them credit for posting the date on that, uh, which it looks like will be February the 9th. Have you checked yep. the, the date on uh, what day of the week that is? Yeah, like? that's that's what Fish Stripes had said, February 9th, which All is right, that's a Saturday. A Saturday. Okay. All right, good. So, uh, yeah, so Fan Fest will be on Saturday. I'm not really sure of, of what the plans are. Uh, they, they um, th- this will come out, I guess, in in the coming weeks, and and we'll see that determined. Uh, I think Fish Stripes also speculated that the new Billy the Marlin will be revealed that day. I don't know that to be true, although I did report that there is a new look for Billy the Marlin, mm-hmm. and uh, my guess is that'll be the day. It seems to make the most sense. Um, I haven't gone really beyond that at this point. I'm trying to be a little bit careful. <laughs> <laughs> As to, I, I said what I said at that time about uh, the new Billy the Marlin, and I haven't said or posted anything since. And I think that's going to be the direction that I'm going to head, at least for now, without stirring anything further up. Uh, but I, but it definitely will be new, and he will have a new look. Oh, and, boy. And I don't know that – and by the way, I don't know that exactly the new look for Billy has been finalized. I think that there's still, from what I hear, a couple of – tinkering things uh that are happening so uh, look we'll 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 see what happens in the end i'm not exactly sure so i've been more careful about that because people get it all up in an uproar when things i know i know there's some folks here in the miami media who have been feeling pretty anxious about billy the marlin and (laughs) i I know everybody is really excited to see whatever next i i think it's i i think for the most part i think that they have the concept and idea but i don't know that it's been completely approved yet Mm. so i'm gonna hold off on on all that and get official confirmation on, on, on the ninth, but yeah, I'll That's be the there in, in some capacity. I have to figure that one out. It's hard for me because my son is going to for sure want to go, but yet it's also a great time to do interviews and everything there. Uh, I am different, I guess, than some of the media where I'm a spring training junkie and I tend to be up there so much that I know that I can still accomplish everything there. Uh, but at the same time, I want to do something for us here and have media presence. So that's just kind of me talking out loud, trying to figure right. it out. But in some way I, my son has to go. And uh, so I'll, I'll try to do a combo of both. We'll get that figured out. Yep. Well, uh, I guess that's, that's all we, that's can it. Let's not let, I mean, I, I hope we have something next week that is, that is new and fresh and hot. Uh, you know, like the pizza at Miami Marlins. Exactly. Uh, but, but look, I mean, the Marlins are, are uh, they haven't signed anybody. I know. Uh, I assume that they will. I assume that they will have to. I haven't really gotten any uh, great indications that you got you and uh, Mike did a good job, you know, illustrating some possibilities and some players. But outside of the news of uh, about a month ago with me, um, with Bud Norris, I just I, I really haven't gotten a great indication that the Marlins are in a heavy pursuit of anyone at this point. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that they will. And, and hopefully next week or in the coming weeks, we will definitely have that and update that they're going to have to add some offense I mean, they're going to have to add some offense at some point but jeremy if bryce harper is unsigned and manny machado is unsigned and dallas keichel is unsigned and uh aj pollock and craig kimbrell, craig kimbrell i mean then you then you have to assume that this is what's holding things back because free agents are are, are in line so to speak Great. waiting so it's it's been a horrible off season. Um, you know, just in general with, with not just the players and the free agency, 
but the reporting of it has been really unfortunate. And that's not pointing fingers at anybody. It's just how many rumors can you take with nothing happening? And for right. every 500 rumors, one thing happens. That's a, that the ratio was bad there and just throwing teams out there and names and, 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 and again, reporters, Jeremy, are being paid. I'm in a different situation. I mean, this is my podcast. If I say something, if I don't, it doesn't really make a difference. Mm. I, I do it for, for my own credibility, my own reporting, and, and for uh, the podcast and for our work at SiriusXM. But, but the MLB insiders, right. they're doing this for their jobs, and, and they need to get people to uh, view their stories and – and purchased memberships at different places. And I feel for these guys, which is why I don't like hammer them when they, when right. some of them hammer me, like I, I get what they need to do. But that being said, it is, I just haven't, I, I thought last year was the end of doing this and here we are again. And it's, it's very, very difficult to, to be in that position. I'm sure for those people, because their employers are saying, Hey, look, uh, I don't care if there's a trade. I don't care if there's no free agent signing. I, we got to do a story today. Something has to be done. Mm. And for those, and, and for the dot-com guys who are covering their teams, imagine that. Right. They, they want to do a story about what their team's going to look like. And there's probably only about a half a dozen teams that are, you know, like the Cubs. Okay. Well, maybe the Cubs are done. So right. it's easy. So it's easy to project what, okay, we know Chris Bryant's going to be a third base and we know uh, Javier Baez is going to be here. And, and, and we know who the, but, 20 teams are still right. going to sign guys and they can't even do these like depth charts and futures and project. It's right. And everyone only thinks of the big names when you, th you think Harper Machado. All right. Well, just a couple of teams will be affected. No, it's all of the other players that then fall in line because of that too. It's, it's so many more guys. And, and look, let's not kid ourselves. The Marlins are going to sign players. Mm -hmm. They are not going into spring training with the team that they have now. I am certain of that. They are going to add a guy in the back end of the bullpen. They are going to sign at least one or two offensive players with potential to hit 25 home runs. I don't know who they are, but they're going to do that. They're not going into spring training with this. But how can you project the lineup? How can you do you know, discussions and, and articles and columns on this without really knowing? It is created for the baseball writers a very right. difficult scenario so i do feel for them and i understand but as a fan it is and i see the comments when people tweet out stuff i can understand their frustration for all of the national reporters and all of the local reporters everyone just wants something done and nothing is happening so i'm right there with you guys i want something to happen i want trades to happen i want movement to make this and what we do more interesting but Aside from just simply lying, which yeah. I am not going to do, we're just going to have to play this waiting game a little while longer. Well, and hopefully in the next couple of weeks, we'll wrap things up. Uh, we are wrapping things up of this podcast today. Uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And obviously, stay posted to Craig's Twitter, at Craig Mish, for all of your latest updates on anything Marlins, including JT Real Muto. Uh, you can follow me, at Jeremy Taché, and you can follow our account, at Swings and Mishes. We are a five-reason sports entity, and there is plenty going on across all of our platforms. So thank you for tuning in to our show, uh, and be sure to like, rate, and subscribe to us and everyone else. Thanks, guys.
Hey, everybody, Seth Levitt and O.J. McDuffie of The Fish Tank here, but we're not diving in with a great story right now. Instead, we want to tell you about an incredibly fun upcoming charity event benefiting the Jason Taylor Foundation. That's right, Big Seth. Wiffle Blast. Man, I can't wait. I know you're fired up, Juice. The third annual Wiffle Blast presented by Funky Buddha Brewery and Sports Chiropractic and Natural Health Solutions will take place on Saturday, January 19th at Pine Trails Park in Parkland. Man, you guys do a great job with this event. I played last year with my son and a couple friends, and we really had a blast from the competition to the home run derby to the kids zone it was just a perfect day from start to finish do i still have time to get my team in yeah we got you juice we still have room for a few more teams as well and since the five reasons sports network is a media partner for the event the foundation is offering 100 off the cost of a team if you use they the have code. a team yeah they have a team ethan and those guys i mean there's some studs on that i can't roster. wait to play them we'll put you guys in the same division All right, that's what's up so we're gonna put five reasons and juice in the same division and if you sign up now you can be in that division as well and get a hundred dollars off the cost of a team if you use the code five reasons that's the number five reasons and the best part of it all oj is that your donation will help support children battling cancer as well as pediatric emergencies yeah, you know that's what matters most absolutely it is for more information visit jasontaylorfoundation.org or call 954-424-0799 ethan get that arm warmed up